Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello, I'm Cody Westbrook, and this is the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. I invite you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 17 today. We're going to spend some time talking about the noble Bereans that we read about in Acts chapter 17 verses 10 to 12. Daniel Goldston said, If you're going to be passionate about something, be passionate about learning. Aristotle said, The roots of education are bitter, but the fruit is sweet. And Henry Adams said, They know enough who know how to learn. There is a great, great value that can be attached to learning, to expanding our horizons, to reading, and to studying the various things that are available to us. But nothing is more valuable than being a good student and a learner of God's Word. In fact, the Bible tells us that being a good student of God's Word is required in 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 15 and a number of other passages that tell us that if we hope to please God, the only way we can do so is by being a good student of His Word. But naturally, being a good student of the Word of God is not something that happens by accident, and it's not something that necessarily happens quickly. It rather is a skill that is acquired and perfected throughout our life. It is also something that can and should be enjoyable and rewarding and something that we should love to do. The question this morning then is, how is that possible? So what we want to do is we want to talk about these noble Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verses 10 to 12, and we want to notice some characteristics that are mentioned about them. And if we take those same characteristics and apply it to ourselves, then we can become great students of God's Word, and we can enjoy studying God's Word, and we can love to study God's Word. Let's look and read the passages together. First of all, in Acts 17, verse 10, the Bible says, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul away and Silas by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women, as well as men. Let's look at some of the descriptions or the descriptive terms that are found in these three verses. First of all, look at verse number 11, and you'll notice that the Bible describes those in Berea as being more fair-minded. The King James Version of the Bible simply uses the word noble. It says they were more noble, and this word fair-minded has to do with nobility. It is a willingness to learn and to evaluate something fairly. The idea here is that they did not allow their predispositions to prevent them from giving Paul a fair hearing. That is to say, when Paul came and when he began preaching and teaching from God's Word, they weren't so set on the conclusions that they had already drawn that they weren't even willing to listen to what he said. But instead, what they did is they listened to him with an open mind and with an open heart. They were noble and they were willing. They wanted to know. They wanted to learn. And they were willing to take whatever Paul said and give it a fair evaluation. Now, to appreciate this further, we should notice the contrast that the Bible supplies with the Thessalonians. Notice back in earlier in this chapter, in verse number 5, while Paul was in Thessalonica, that we begin reading about the Jews. And notice the first thing that it says about the Jews 
it says that they were envious. Well, why did they become envious, or some translations say jealous? Of what were they jealous or envious? Well, there are a couple of things that could come into play here. First of all, there are doctrinal considerations. The Bible tells us that while Paul is in the synagogue, verse number 2, that he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. Now, what Paul is doing in the synagogue of the Jews is he is taking Old Testament Scripture and he is preaching Jesus Christ from Old Testament Scripture. The grammar of the language indicates that what Paul is doing by way of word picture is he is taking the Old Testament Scripture and he is laying it alongside the person of Jesus Christ and he is showing how the Old Testament Scripture was talking about Christ and how Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament Scripture. Well, that has um, a number of implications. One of those implications mean is that the Jewish dispensation is over. Remember the Bible tells us that Jesus nailed the old law to the cross in Colossians chapter 2? The Bible also tells us that the old law or the Old Testament having been passed away, now the New Testament or the new law or the law of Jesus Christ, the Christian age or dispensation is now a present reality. How do you suppose these unbelieving Jews would react to the idea that the Jewish dispensation is over and now if we're going to be saved, it's going to be through Christ Jesus? Another thing that happens here, you notice in verse number 4, is that a great multitude of devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women join Paul and Silas. Large numbers of Jews and Greeks are being converted, or Jews and Gentiles are being converted to Christ Jesus through the preaching of the gospel. And this is not something that uh, this is not something that these unbelieving Jews were willing to accept. There are also some social implications here. Think, for example, about this this uh, phrase "leading women" in Acts seventeen verse four. It is very possible that these leading women may actually refer to influential patrons who helped to preserve the rights and privileges of the Jewish community. In other words, these were people who were well-connected to Roman government officials and who had deep pockets and the ability to satisfy the cravings of the Roman government officials in order to provide privileges and protections for the Jewish people in this town or in this community. But now these folks have listened to the gospel, or these uh, leading women, they've heard the gospel, they've believed it, and they've obeyed it. So they've come to the recognition that the Jewish dispensation is over, that salvation is only through Jesus Christ. And it may be that some of these are envious because they see that the people who have given them power are now being detached from them. Whatever the reason might be, these unbelieving Jews in Thessalonica, verse 5, they were envious. And because of their envy, they took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. This verse is a great illustration of what envy is really all about. You see, jealousy is simply just wanting something that another person has. Envy is taking that desire and putting it to action. An envious person is willing to do whatever is necessary in order to get what they want. And in this case, 
The Jews are so envious and so determined to get what they want that they take evil men from the marketplace, that they, they uh, construct a mob, and that they cause a massive uproar in the city, even attacking an innocent man and his family and forcing Paul and his traveling companions out of the city. Now, in contrast to them, to them we have the Bereans. The Bereans, the Bible tells us, were more fair-minded than these unbelieving Jews in Thessalonica. They were willing to listen to the Word of God. They were open. They were receptive. They wanted to know what God's Word says. They were willing to give it an honest hearing. So the question now for you and me is simply this. Do I want to know what God's Word says? And am I willing to listen to what it says and to evaluate it fairly? Sometimes the answer to that is no, because there are too many people who are like the unbelieving Jews. We have these ideas already about what God wants and how we want to live and what we want to do. And we don't want somebody coming in and telling us that we're wrong or that we need to change something. And so we're not even willing to listen. But if we're going to really and truly be like the Bereans, we have to be honest and we have to be open and we have to listen to what God's Word says. Now that requires us to be honest with ourselves. Luke 8 and verse number 15 talks about the good ground and the parable of the soils representing the good and the honest heart. It requires us to be objective in examining ourselves. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. That means that as I listen to what God's Word says, I have to actually be honest with myself. If the Bible says you need to be truthful and I have a problem being truthful, then I need to be honest about that problem so I can fix it the way God instructs. If the Bible says that uh, I need to be generous and I am not generous, then I need to be honest about that. Whatever the situation may be, I've got to be objective in examining myself. But it also requires that I have a real desire to do what's right. Not just saying it, not just telling people, yes, I really want to do what's right, yes, I really want to uh, please God and so on. No, a real earnest desire to do what God says, to please and obey Him in every way. Psalm 119 and verse number 174 makes this statement, I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. The psalmist found delight or happiness or joy in the law or the word of God And if we're truly going to be like the Bereans, and if we're going to be fair-minded, if we're going to be noble, then the law of the Lord is going to have to be our delight as well. We're going to have to find real happiness and joy in hearing God's Word so that we will open up our hearts and minds and our lives and allow God's Word to change us. Let's look again at Acts chapter 17. Notice the the Bereans are not only described as being fair-minded, but they're also described as being ready. The Scripture says they receive the Word with all readiness. What is this idea of receiving with readiness? The word receive means to receive or to accept willingly, to readily receive information and consider it to be true. So they receive the Word with readiness, which means eagerness, goodwill, or enthusiasm. So let's put these two together. And when we do so, what we find is this. The Bereans were willing to listen and eager or enthusiastic to apply the truth of God to their lives. Now, this is a very important point because, again, sometimes this is what happens. 
a person preaches God's Word, and God's Word says something that really steps on our toes, and it really it really upsets us, and so we're offended, and we don't want to change, and we get mad at the preacher, or we get mad at the teacher, or whatever the case may be, and we're not willing to do what God says to do. That's the opposite of what's happening in Acts 17.11. The Bible says they received it with readiness. And again, receiving is the idea of accepting it willingly, and readiness is the idea of eagerness or good Listen, they were excited. They were eager. They were enthusiastic. Paul, you say that you're going to preach to us God's Word. We are excited and ready and enthusiastic because we want to know what God says that we need to do. How can we please Him? Please tell us what God says. That's the idea here. Friends, we have to be willing, like the Bereans, to listen to what God's Word says and eager to apply what God said, what God's word says. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Think about that for a moment, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Some of the strongest desires that God has created man uh, within man are, are the desires to eat and to drink, to have nourishment. And when starved, a person will do almost anything in order to fulfill those desires, to find something to eat and to find something to drink. And so Jesus takes that and applies it to God's Word. And he says that we need to have such a strong desire to feast on God's Word that we're willing to do whatever is necessary in order to have that feast. Psalm 19 and verse number 10, David said about the Word of God, More desired are they, talking about the judgments of the Lord, more desired are they than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, we get to the section of that book where we're reading about the spiritual restoration of the people of God. And the scripture says in Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 1 to 3 that the people gathered as one man before the gate and they cried out because they had a desire. They wanted to hear the law of God. And so uh, Ezra the scribe and others stood up and preached, proclaimed God's word and uh, helped the people to hear and help the people to understand. But notice the emphasis here, the point here is that they wanted to hear and they wanted to understand. Often we want to hear God's Word as long as it keeps us comfortable, but when it challenges us, that's another matter. We must be willing to hear the Word of God and allow it to mold us and shape us, even if it means, that change, even if it means difficult change is required. So what do we learn about the noble Bereans? We learn, first of all, that they were fair-minded, which means they were willing to listen and evaluate something fairly. We learn that they were ready they received the word with readiness, which means they willingly accepted and they were eager. They had enthusiasm. They wanted to know what God has to say, what God, uh, God, God's word says, and they were willing to accept what it says. But number three, we also find that they were students. The scripture says at the end of verse number 11 that they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. This phrase, search the scriptures, it's the idea of trying to learn the nature or the truth of something by the process of careful study, evaluation, and judgment. It is the idea of examining carefully or investigating or studying thoroughly. 
It's actually a legal term in the Greek New Testament used in reference to examining evidence or the case of a person and suggests an absence of bias. So think for just a moment about an investigator whose job, if something has happened, some crime has been committed or some uh, offense is being investigated, his job is to investigate, to find all of the facts and to scrutinize them closely without any bias in one way or another because he is supposed to arrive at the truth of the matter. When the Bible says that the Bereans searched the scriptures, what it's saying is they were like investigators, like a detective who opened up God's Word and who scrutinized it closely and studied it thoroughly and evaluated it, investigated it without any bias. Because again, these are people who are noble, who are fair-minded and who are eager. They want to know what God wants for them. They want to know how to please God. And so they're willing to search God's Word, not just now and again, but daily. This reminds me of Psalm 1 where we read about the man who is blessed And in Psalm 1, verse 2 and 3, the Bible tells us that the blessed man is the one who meditates on God's Word day and night. Psalm 119, verse 97, the Scripture says, Oh, how I love your law. It has become my meditation all the day, or day and night. So, am I willing to be a Bible student like the Bereans? Am I willing to search the Scriptures and search them daily? And practically speaking, Maybe that takes the form of daily Bible reading, a daily Bible reading chart, like can what, like what can be accessed through maybe a Bible app on your iPad or smartphone, or what can be found through a place like World Video Bible School. Or what about resources like the Gospel Radio Network or Gospel Broadcasting Network, which can be found on YouTube or can be found through uh, the Roku app, or even World Video Bible School, there are a number, there are, the World Video Bible School has a great number of classes on different topics, um, lectures, uh, sermons, audio, video, uh, a YouTube channel. There are endless possibilities and ways that God's Word can be studied through these mediums and so many others. The question is whether or not we're going to be like the Bereans and be willing to do it. The noble Bereans stand as a permanent example of what it means to be a great student of God's Word, but part of their memory is the contrast that they pose to the Thessalonian Jews. Remember that those Thessalonian Jews were not good students. In fact, they were completely the opposite. Their ears and their hearts were closed. They didn't care what God's Word had to say. They didn't want to hear it. They weren't going to change. They weren't going to investigate it. Instead, they fought against it. But... In contrast to that, we have the Bereans who did want to hear God's Word. They did investigate it. They did welcome it. And they did obey it. They were willing to make a change. Where do you fall? Are you more like the Bereans or like the Thessalonians? We reach the end of our study today. Thank you for joining us on the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Be sure to listen to our next episode as we continue to open up the Word of God and study more of the wonderful Word of Life. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.